So Sarah, what do we talk about in this episode? We talked about my identities for one, where I'm from. Yeah. And then we talked about um, like how Colorado is different from California, the mm-hmm. unique things about it. Yeah. And also with friendships and how making friends is different from undergrad living on campus versus grad school and afterwards. Yeah. Um, and just how to make friends after yeah. college and what you can do um, to help with that and to develop close, deep friendships. Yeah, I think a key takeaway is is always reach out to those people if, if they interest us, and we will see. Instead of guessing and you know, define the relationship. Is yes. Kind of define cool. the friendship. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, listeners, let's keep on listening. Cool. Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast, I cover underrepresented and personal stories. Join me with a cup of chai and take a listen. All right. No before we start, anything you want to ask me? Um, I think I don't think so. All right. So should we get started? Yeah, let's get cool. started. Welcome back to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. Today we have a special guest. Um, she originally is from Southern California, but she moved to Denver, Colorado, and then we met at school and we just studied together. And it has been a fun time. And um, she moved from California just for her graduate studies, and then she has a master's degree in higher education now. And and she loves musicals, Disney, and Pokeballs. And we once uh, made boba at our house as well. So let's welcome Sarah. Thank you, Pain, for having me today. It's great to be on your show. <laughs> Are you nervous? A little. <laughs> I'll give you some time to catch your breath, but I, I just want to promote my uh, my podcast. If listeners you like our episodes and our our show, please do uh, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, and Facebook, and also you can go to your Apple Podcast and give us some comments and stars. Um, let us know how you think. So. All right, Sarah. We today our topic is about you know moving places around in the U.S. and I think from California to Colorado is really different. And mm-hmm. even though you're not like an international immigrant, but I still want to interview you because you know a local migration can seem very very different, especially like a huge country like in the in the U.S. So can you share a little bit about your background and identities with us? Yeah, sure. So I'm Caucasian. Um, grew up in Southern California in a suburb called Claremont, which is about an hour east of LA. Um, so grew up there. My parents are from Southern California. My dad grew up in Pasadena, California, and my mom in the LA area. Um, and my um, ancestors have immigrated to the U.S. since the, the 1600s. Um, so I have like a different different European bloods and like a mix. But Do you know where? Where did they move from? Yeah, so I know for sure I have French, German, and English. Um, so I think there's some migration there. I know my mom's side has like Scottish, I think maybe Irish. Like there's so much more potentially Jewish, Jewish actually, but we're not 100% sure and everything. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, even though I'm American, I feel like I definitely definitely like German, French, and English. And I remember doing like a project about that background of being German and everything. Um, and so I think a lot of them came to the East Coast and then they just migrated from the Midwest. Like both of my parents' sides are from the Midwest and then migrate, they migrated to California. Uh, we have some family in other states too, but majority are in California. I know that your last name is pretty special. Like, do you know how you got that last name? Good question. <laughs> um, Are you guys from a like a Christian family? Um, I believe so. Um, I know. I think I believe my last name's German. Okay. Um, oh. From what I've heard. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to divine. I'm trying to remember the meaning exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like it's great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah not. Um, since I, since they came to the United States, like I mean, I'm guessing they were Christian too, and settled here. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, um, but yeah, I believe it. My last name is German. Um, I definitely don't want to change my last name when I get married, or if someone else has a cool last name to hyphenate it. But yeah, I don't want to like change it to a common last name if a person <laughs> has that. So that is so interesting because you say if some like. Your future husband has a cool name. Then you hyphenate your last name. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what kind of names are cool and what are not cool? <laughs> I know, right? Like, what's not like? I guess a name that's not super common. <laughs> like, I don't oh. want to adopt a common last name. Got it. Like a Smith or yes, a Jones. Um, a Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, and you don't. Do, do you know it's a special thing that Americans or Europeans they adopt? Um, their husbands' names because mm -hmm. in in at least in Taiwanese culture or Chinese culture that we don't do that anymore. So oh. my grandparents' generation they still sometimes do that, but not all the people. I I don't know why, but maybe it's just how the names consist each other, and maybe they just don't want to go for that hustle. So it's it's rare that people kind of have their husbands' name on top of theirs. That's interesting. That's a, an American thing or yeah. European thing. Like I didn't know that because I thought, oh, like I thought everyone does that. And, and, yeah, and that's interesting because, like, from Asia's perspective, we, you guys, like, I don't know. For for Americans, we usually at uh, Taiwanese will will consider Americans are more progressive, but then you guys are still taking that. Oh, and also. One thing to add is that when Chinese people are adding the husband's last name, they add on top of uh, their own last name. They never remove their last names, so they kind of add another one. So, for example, I'm a I'm a Ping Huang Robert. Mm -hmm. So I don't remove my Huang as my last name. It's just like I add one. Um, oh, like a middle name yeah something like that so my name becomes very long because i have a given name so so that that's just a little background hmm. there yeah interesting facts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then i know that you grew up in california and then you love like international cuisine like you love boba <laughs> you love poke bowl do you want to talk about that <laughs> sure yeah i feel like poke bowls Pizza used to be my favorite food, actually. Yeah. But then when I learned about poke bowls in California, I think it started when I went to Cal State Fullerton, which is uh -huh. a four-year university in California. Mm -hmm. I learned about poke and tried it, which is like raw fish, raw sushi, and yeah. I really loved it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm really picky in Colorado mm -hmm. with poke out here because there's not it's not near an ocean. And sometimes okay. 
the portions aren't as large either or mm -hmm. avocado is extra like there's some pokey places in california where it might be extra there but there's many that are not extra for avocado um, to pay for yeah. um so yeah but i like one particular pokey place um i guess shameless plug at the south glen mall called pokey okay. story Pokey um, stories. Yeah, yeah we'll I put that like, in the episode notes. <laughs> I feel like their fish is really um, fresh because I'm picky about that too with the fish being fresh oh, and stuff. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And then with Boba, yeah, um, my friend who's also my roommate, we've been friends since high school. Yeah. So uh, we would sometimes get Boba after, but I feel like I got more of the slushies. I wasn't into the actual milk teas until like I went to Cal State Fullerton. So I love milk tea, but I'm actually not like a I don't like the boba part usually unless it's like brown sugar boba. Okay. Because um, I just don't like chewing and drinking at the same time for some reason. That is um, so cool. Yeah. It's like I heard a lot of people talking about like eating and drinking together, but like you like boba. However, wait then, so what you what do you usually order? <laughs> for at it's a boba, boba place. Yeah. At a boba place. Um so like I'll just get like a milk tea some usually um, and just get no boba with it. Um, okay. Or sometimes I think it was at Kung Fu tea. They had like a brown sugar milk tea or something or, yes. um, so I get, so I like the brown sugar bobas cause like there's, it's sugary okay. and sweet and it tastes good. So I just don't <gasps> like it plain. Yeah, yeah. 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 Got it. Okay. What do you think about the boba we made at home? <laughs> your, your boba is great. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I did soak in a lot of sugar. Yeah, I think it made that's what made it taste good is the sugar part. <laughs> Got it. So it's like I, I huh, it's interesting because so it's not about eating and drinking part only. It's about the taste of boba. Yes. If it tastes nothing, then it's not really great. But if it's yeah. sugary, sweet, then you will like it more. Yeah, I think texture is a big thing too because I don't like mashed potatoes, for example. Okay. Or yams. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't like it staying soft and everything. Like, yeah. Like it's like a texture thing too. I feel like also. Yeah. Do you like burritos because they're, they usually have mashed beans? Um, I eat them sometimes, but no, like I'm like a quesadilla person. Ah, me too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I do love like my, my friend, I made enchiladas recently because she has a Mexican background and they were okay. so good. It's hard to find good Mexican food here too. Yeah. So how come <laughs> I know it's like one third of people are Hispanic. That's true. I don't know. I think you have to go to Aurora. Like I can think where I'm at. It's yeah. there's not as many. That's um, true. Yeah. yeah. And I think cause like, it just depends on the, the type of Mexican food. It seems because uh -huh. in California, we like Spanish rice, for example. Yeah. It's yeah. not like Tex-Mex food which is oh, different yeah, from yeah, what yeah. I've heard. Um, so I like the California type, I guess, too. Got so. it. Yeah. So you already talked about some differences between California and Colorado, even those these <laughs> two states start with a C. <laughs> so what are some of the, the other examples or stories that you you feel there are differences between these two states? Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of things I thought about, too, Um I know there's like other things about like, I guess like how it's different, but a fun fact is my family and I, we almost moved to Colorado in 2006. Um, yeah, we've always, cause we've always visited it, visited the state. Um, and at the time my dad, who was a teacher was looking for teaching jobs. And so we were out there when I was in sixth grade, I was going to be in middle school uh, visiting schools for him and for me. Um, in Broomfield, which at the time, Broomfield was much cheaper than it is now. Um, 
And one thing I was shocked, like I was surprised by, um, is that the schools we visited were mostly white students. Um, even though I grew up in Claremont, which is a suburb and is majority white, um, it was still very different. Like the I went to K through 12 schools in Claremont, California, and it was pretty diverse. Um, I feel like I, I interacted with different people, even in high school had um, like friends from diverse backgrounds. So I was like used to that and being around different people, but just being in Claremont's a suburb, but just being looking at these schools in Broomfield, I was like really surprised and shocked that it was all white students. And then I think with that, I assume that, well, the suburbs, it makes sense. They're mostly white, but I guess I was also shocked when I came here for grad school because I assumed Denver was really diverse. And I was shocked how that also wasn't the case. And there are parts of Denver that are like, if you go to downtown or even my neighborhood has diversity, uh, but I was surprised that many parts of Denver, compared like the East Coast even, like are not like that. It's still like mostly white. I know, and the suburbs around it are mostly white. Um, so that was one um, big thing too with the differences. Um, and even with that also, so I mentioned how we almost thought about moving here. So we've had family reunions in Colorado since the 1980s. Um, so I've been to different ones since 2000, so seven years old. And I assume, I think visiting, like I knew it was an outdoorsy place, but I didn't realize that it was very outdoorsy. I thought, I think I assumed it was like California where people have different interests. Like some people might, might like outdoors. Like there's many people in California who love the beach, but they also love like, um, like going out to eat or going bowling or um, mini golf or other activities. Um, and so I assumed it was like that here or amusement parks, amusement parks are big in California, like going to Disneyland or Knott's Berry Farm. And so I thought that was the case here that people had diverse interests. I'd be able to find people who love going to amusement parks, who um, love going out to eat, getting boba, um, doing those types of activities, bowling, mini golfing, but then finding out that most people do outdoor stuff and like hiking mm. or camping or yeah. fitness. Um, I think yeah. I heard from somebody that fitness is number one in Colorado, oh, okay. um, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I was like shocked by that. And, um, and those, and that difference too, um, with, with it, that's what people come here for is doing outdoor activities. So that was like yeah. another big difference mm. um, that I noticed that I didn't realize until moving here and a lot of, especially nowadays, a lot of young people are moving here, the transplants <laughs> for yeah. those reasons and everything. Yeah. Before I moved here, some people told me that Colorado is one of the healthiest states in the U.S. And yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. That's <laughs> nice. Um, But it's true. Like, I think most people like hiking, outdoor stuff. Skiing is a big yes. thing. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. And, but for me, it's like ski is already half the year, like, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So half year, I have nothing to do. Um, not like not nothing to do, but like limited access to other things. And yeah, yeah it is true. Like bowling is a lot more expensive. And other things I just don't really know. So I, I don't know. I, maybe we should just ask the listeners if they're from here. Let us know what to do over here. Uh, besides yeah. Hiking. 
or camp meter rock climbing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and for me, it's like rock climbing or camping. They it also costs a little bit more because we need to have、yeah. all the gears, and we have I have to drive out and all that. So I just haven't got a chance to try、um, yeah. hiking a little bit.、Mm-hmm. But then it's also like I, I guess I'm not used to that. Big of a place, like the distance that we have to drive. So for a real hiking, like you know, I really go to the west side. I have to drive at least like thirty minutes to get to wherever I can hike. So that's something very new to me because、yeah. in Taiwan is so small. I can just probably ride a scooter for fifteen minutes and then that's a hike. Right. Yeah. I know. I know. In Claremont, there was there's like hiking trails. I think like Fullerton has them too. So you can just drive. Up to those, and then do them, and it's interesting how even the intensity is different. Like when you look at some、um, the, the app for hiking in Colorado, like it'll say it's easy or moderate, but since it's not actually that, it's, <laughs> it's probably it difficult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like versus、yeah. California, where it's like okay, it's going to be easy or it's going to be moderate. So that's、yeah. also that too. <laughs> yeah, the levels of different,、um, the difficulties are different. Yes,、Definitely. they are. Yeah, and I was just looking up on Google like the demographics in Denver. So I don't really know about Colorado, but at least in Denver, seventy six percent are white, nine percent, uh, black, other races five percent, Asian three point seven seven percent. So let's、mm-hmm. just call it four four percent. Are Asians, so that's why <laughs> among a hundred people, you only meet four Asians, and then you、right. met me. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and the, like the university is different; it's not a city、yeah. itself because like students are clumped together, and then we have more international students on campus. So I guess it's more likely that you meet international students. But outside of campus, probably not. Like I,、yeah. I was just imagining, like. In Littleton, you probably don't meet that many、um, diverse background people. I agree. Yeah. yeah, especially like the church I used to go to is majority white. So yeah, yeah. And here is so interesting because it doesn't even say、uh, Hispanic or Latinx. Hmm, interesting. Because I thought、yeah. that's a large population here. I heard. I know. So I was just wondering, maybe it was clumped to that、maybe. white. I don't know. Um, but for DPS Denver Public School, I do know one third of the students are Hispanic、yes. or Latinx, whatever、mm-hmm. you guys prefer. And same in Aurora too. Yeah, yeah. So I think in Broomfield as well, Northern Northern California, uh, not California, Colorado. <laughs> also, I think almost the whole Colorado is like one third of the students, at least the kids,、mm-hmm. are Latinx. But I don't know about the adults. Yeah, it's interesting too because I know in Castle Rock, like it's like eighty percent white.、Um, I believe in Claremont, I think it's like sixty, seventy percent white. So it's like a little less. But I know it's like for Claremont High, for example, when I looked at the demographics, it had a little more Latinx students than white students. So I was really, really surprised at that actually. So I don't know if that's changed over the years since I've been in school, or what. So it's just interesting and everything. Yeah, so I guess it's just like a different composition of people、um, makes a different culture, and also I think geographically, Colorado is very different from the beachy coastal、um, environment in in California. But、yeah. then we're gonna、um, change gears. That's also、okay. a sentence I learned from you guys.、Um, <laughs> 
Let's talk about making friends because you, since you're new here and you've moved here for like what two and a half years,、mm-hmm. how do you make friends and how is it different? Yeah, so an advice I got from a blogger I follow before moving was to say yes to invitations to go to events.、Um, so, like if you go to a church that has young adults and like a young adults ministry, like to go to their events、um, to say yes to any hangouts. Um, even like, because I'm more like a one-on-one hangout person.、Um, so even like, if you meet someone there, or if you're visiting churches, like when I was visiting churches, if I connected with someone who was like my age, I would ask for their phone number、um, to hang out and everything. So just be being, you know, might be scary, but just being brave and ask the worst they can say is no, and everything、um, to help make that connection and try to go on.、Um, I guess first friend dates, <laughs> they call them and everything.、Um, so that's like one big thing. And saying, yeah, not to be afraid. Like I know it could be easy when you're tired, and whether you're in school or not, if you're working full time, to be like, well, I don't feel like going out, or I just rather watch Netflix.、Um, but just to say, say yes to those invitations,、um, like to hang out and everything, to connect with people,、um, to help with that, to go out to eat with people afterwards if that's what they're doing. I know not. Every church does that, like in California,、um, but just find those ways. Or staying around after church, like I'm trying to. Right now, COVID, it's possible. But I was trying to get better at that when I was attending church to stay around after to talk to people to help with connections.、Um, and I would say, like the differences too.、Um, so living on campus as an undergrad when you're at a four year, I feel like it's just there's a lot there, so you can. It's kind of easy to connect with people and make friends. Like there's different clubs to join, campus ministries to join,、um, and so when you're living on campus, you like join some of those things, and then you make connections、um, and make friends with those people. And so you might be hanging out afterwards, or like going somewhere to eat, or doing an activity like bowling, or even if there's like a free pizza or something like there was on my campus. Sometimes you would like do that with them. Um, or like sometimes it's this is not everybody of course, but I was fortunate where most of my roommates I became friends with and connected with.、Um, there's one roommate that I'm still friends with that we keep in contact.、Um, I was her, we were roommates for two years.、Um, so sometimes having like roommates who are friends is really great and helpful and connecting with their friends. So also like yeah, like asking friends to connect with their friends too and get their number is also a good thing.、Um, So yeah, they're just—it's just so easy to be like, oh, let's go hang out, eat the cafeteria together, or you run into the person at the cafeteria and then you talk and hang out, or let's have a movie night. And so it's just easier、um, with having those connections to do those things and to hang out、um, and everything. And versus grad school, I know this is not every school, but most grad schools don't have on-campus living. I know DU is adding it <laughs> and everything, but most don't, and so. You're commuting,、uh, whether it's really close or kind of far, and then with that, it's, it feels like because、um, even when I visited a, a Christian university, it, it feels like that they cater to undergrad students,、um, even at the Christian university more more most more so that I visited for grad school, and so I just、um, feel like they, they just cater to undergrads, and then it could be hard if you're commuting to get involved too because you might have your assistantship, your work or internship.、Um, And so you might have to make time for that, or choose what to be involved in,、um, and have boundaries with that too. And so, 
um, it just, it could be just hard to, and you're in one place usually, so it's just hard to connect with people as a whole on campus. And it's kind of like your cohort is like your friends or the people you want to try to connect with and everything. Um, I mean, and join, joining something's helpful too, or if you're a believer to join the Christian ministry, if they have it for grad students or, or something too, if possible. Um, I also feel like grad school or being a grad student and being a young professional are different. I learned um, sometimes when you talk to young professionals, it's hard to relate still because they're working full time and you're not. And so it can be hard for them to understand like what you're doing or how you're doing and everything. Um, I know for me, I tried to make time as a grad student, like to communicate that I'm free to hang out because uh, there might be an assumption, oh, you're busy, like just let me know. So just be like, yeah, like let's make plans if possible to hang out next week. Um, and so making sure to do that too. But sometimes, yeah, there was like that in between where it's like, well, they have been in grad school, so they don't know what it's like either um, and everything. And it's kind of like a community college too, like, because I went to community college and it's the same thing where you, people just come and go and commute and there's not really connection to. Um, so you kind of either have to make that or if you're not living on campus, it's just harder to make that because you're driving also. Um, so those are some differences that I would say um, with that too. I was just thinking like, I agree with you because even though we're, we were in college in different countries, but I felt like in college, Hmm, the gatherings or meeting people is more frequent and we're always hang out in the same campus. I guess it's like the uh, class hours are longer and we have a lot of overlap between uh, classes or clubs or even just like doing things together. It was easier to mingle. But yeah, for grad school, I don't really think it's the state or the countries. I guess it's just the focus. So people go to uh, grad school to learn. And then after class, they are gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know a lot of people in grad school. They still join clubs or student groups. They probably, yeah, they put more focus on internships or work. A lot of, I think a lot of... Um, schoolmates I met in in our college they work so so they're basically running in and out just for class time and and that was it and I was just like you know it's like before coming here I never had to ask people's numbers or how I can keep in touch with them because we just come you know we keep meeting each other and then we become friends naturally but now if I meet someone just like yesterday I met two cool girls uh, we had a great conversation. I had to ask their numbers, otherwise I wouldn't know mm-hmm. how to, you know, keep in touch with them. And I was just like, that was a big step for me because it's it's not like I'm super needy, you know, but I also had to ask. Otherwise, I just felt like, oh, these two cool people are going to go away. And I don't know about you. Do you... Did, did you do that to like ask contact info in college? Um, I'm sure I remember. I think so. Yeah, mm. I think I, I think I still, you know, sent the text like, oh, like, do you want to meet the cafeteria? But I feel like it was easier because like, oh, like we're meet, like we're in this group or mutual friend. Um, yeah. Let's hang out and then get yeah. each other's numbers and everything. So it was much easier than, you know, visiting a church or a group and be like, oh, like, can I? 
I'm kind of this person. Can I get your number kind of thing and see what yeah. they say? Um, yeah. yeah, I do think it, it's, it is part of not being an undergrad where it can be difficult to kind of to make friends. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't lived in California after undergrad really to compare, although my friend who moved here has, and so she can compare. Um, yeah. But it does feel like the culture is different with connecting people. Um, and from my, what I heard when I was in counseling and uh, what my counselor heard from other people that the relationships here feel really shallow to people, um, mm. which I've experienced um, too. And maybe just having that one interest, but I guess like I know people who lived on the East coast, my roommate lived on the East coast and mm-hmm. um, for her um, in her experience, you would know where you stand with somebody they, they would tell you yeah, if, yeah. if we're friends or not. Yeah. And I feel like here, even with my roommate, like that's been not the case where like, you don't know where you stand with someone. And for me, like I've, I'm still working on it, but having to be like, Oh, like, do we want to hang out again? <laughs> like, cause I think the follow-up has been tricky because I don't want to be needy and yeah. everything. But I think we like a couple weeks, maybe like for, for following up, but even asking like, just, you know, I hate being assertive and be asking, oh, do you want to hang out again? Yeah. And then yeah. It's like, you know, to see where people are at, if they really want to hang out or be friends mm-hmm. or not too. So I feel like it's just hard to gauge that. I know my friend from California and her experience, she feel like it was easier to like, to be like, oh, are we friends? <laughs> kind of yeah. thing versus in Colorado, like it's not the case as much. I think it's also the culture along with not being an undergrad anymore mm-hmm. too because I I just like structure and knowing like okay to be direct I want to know right away I don't want to be ghost sitting guests and then you are too busy or you're not interested in like being close friends or going deep at all so I so I was it's comforting to hear you say that because I thought it was an international student thing um, some of my friends and I we talked about it it's like <laughs> we, we we didn't know so a lot of people, I think in Western language, they will be like, oh, we should get coffee sometime. You know, we should catch up or hang out together. But my friends and I, we were never sure if it's they mean it or not. Yeah. <laughs> but it's comforting to hear you say that you also don't know. Um, I And by coincidence, I don't know how. My my therapist also told me that because she's she was also not from here. Um, she said that the the people in Colorado are more reserved. So they they do they don't want to intrude people's mm-hmm. privacy or life and they kind of just wait, you know, to see who is taking that initiative. Um, so I think last conversation I had with my Taiwanese friends was like, how do we know if we really want to be friends or they want to meet us again? So then our, our conclusion was like, we can reach out to them. If maybe you reach out a couple of times, we have no meeting mm-hmm. or whatever. And they don't come back with another date if they cannot make uh, make it happen during our proposal dates then it's probably obvious that, you know, that that sense is not mutual. Yeah. But if they come back to us and then we say, sure, we can meet, and then we actually made it happen, then it, it is a potential friendship over there. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes you just have to text, you know, and not be afraid to ask and see what happens. I know from... My experience, I know from my roommate's experience, there's been instances where we were talking to somebody and then 
it seemed like we were being, you know, they were, we were hanging out and then never heard from them again either. So there's also that too. So it's just really interesting um, with all that and with relationships out here and everything too. But I know that's happened to both of us where we're like, we think we're connecting with the person and then we don't hear from them again, kind of too, um, which is interesting. And then we also noticed too, sometimes people cancel plans last minute. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I think it hasn't happened to me as much, but I know it's happened to my roommate where like she had a couple people coming over a long time ago before COVID and then they cancel like the last minute, like that they were busy kind of thing. <laughs> like they, it wasn't like an emergency or anything. Um, I, and I don't know, like, with California, but I just feel like when people made plans, these it seemed to usually follow through or people would show up kind of thing. It seemed, um, I think I noticed too, that's more individualized here. Um, maybe it's because I was part of a Christian ministry with, um, it was called Epic with Asian American students. So it was very communal. I went to a church with most of Asian Americans sometimes, and so we would go out to eat after. Um, and so I was used to that. And so here I feel like it's very individualized where people kind of go home after church and do their own thing. And it's not really, oh, let's go get together after church too. So I, I also noticed that difference. Um, even at my church that wasn't Asian American, I feel like when we were younger, people would be like, oh, let's go out to eat after and everything. And he now, and I feel like that's not always a big thing here too. And it's very individualized and just be like, oh, I'm going home kind of thing too. And, and I'm, I, I guess we're just, this is our experience. We're not just saying that every Coloradan is like that or every group is like that, but it's, it's, it's comforting to find people who experience the same thing. Um, yes. Yeah. And I remember last time you said something about, you know, the friendship is like how we, we should have the friendship talk or something like that. Oh, well, like, um, fine. Kind of like a diff, like where you're at in the friendship. Uh-huh. Or, yeah. Can you talk more about that? I remember mentioning from another person I follow. Um, her name is KB. She does heart convos where she mentions the different levels of friendship and to talk about like where you're at in those levels. Um, and sometimes it's that, or sometimes, you know, talking like expectations and talking about what your expectations are for each other, boundaries for each other. Um, or even like if there's an issue or conflict or different change, um, changing stages of life to talk about that and what one can give versus the other, which for me, I'm like, it sounds like romantic relationships almost. Like you get to put in all that work and everything. It's yeah. scary, but I'm like, that's what prepares you for marriage and a romantic yeah. relationship. Um, I do remember her. So, so the different levels real quick are like, there's a stranger where you might know their name. You may not know too much about them. There's the acquaintance where um, Katie defines it as like, maybe like if you're a mom, like you see that other mom for the after school program, you talk and everything, but it's not like you're really close friends. And then there's, um, I believe it was compatriot where like you and your friend have similar interests. Like you might like a certain TV show or a certain musical or like bowling, but then you don't go deeper you just have that interest. Um, then there's comrade, which I believe um, they're like really close friends, but you, you might talk about deep things, but you may not be super vulnerable with each other or be real with each other with what you're going through. And then there's that inner circle, which is like really small, your closest friends, where you like talk about deep things, you talk about how you're doing, being vulnerable in that way, 
Um, and like you, you might call them and ask for prayer, different things, but they're, those are like your closest friends. Um, and of course those friendships can change and they can move with those mm. tears and to hold those with open hands. Like you may not be best friends with those people forever kind of yeah. thing. And it's yeah. important to have like openness to and openness to new friends and who might become your close friend to the seasons change. And so that's been helpful for me to understand too. And, with expectations, but yeah, that's something like learning that friendships take work um, and um, intentionality and, you know, we can only do so much and everything yeah. to their capacity and who to invest in with those people also um, and having conversations like that. Yeah. I felt like it was important to define the friendship or the relationship that we're having with uh new friends just like mm -hmm. what the talk you know is that where are we what are we doing yeah i feel your clothes but do you feel the same towards me and it's at first i think the first time i heard this thing is just like i felt awkward because it's like friendship should be a natural thing <laughs> but but in this sense right. it's like we really need to pay attention and be intentional on you know if i'm here and are you here are you before me after me or are we are on the same page right um yeah and then it's like you know that kind of uh i'm being shy about asianness <laughs> or the introvertness <laughs> right it's just like oh do we really have to talk about that what if they don't like me or they're not on the same page and they're like so i i regard them as really close friends and then they're not it's like, yeah. oh my God, I'm losing face or I'm just, you know, asking for shame, that kind of embarrassment in, in some ways. Um, but yeah, I guess it's like instead of guessing around or hoping other people will reach out to us, I, I feel like I can also reach out to them and then we will know what's happening. Yeah, that, that's a very fine line, you know, if I should reach out or they should reach out. Right. Like, we don't want to do all the work because I've done that before with someone and you know, where I was doing most of the work. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Too. And I used to have that thing. I'm like, well, in school, friendships seem to come naturally. Yeah. And so they have to in adulthood. But, you know, we're not in school where, you know, you're seeing like those people in high school or whatever, elementary school, or even undergrad. And it just comes naturally. It feels like it comes naturally. Like it doesn't come like that which I'm learning in adulthood and you have to like put in the effort and initiate and everything and like you said which is something I need a reminder of to like be like oh like do we want to continue hanging out or not and everything or is it just like a one-time thing and to like I guess define that which is like weird to do yeah. but yeah and it's interesting <laughs> so sometimes after a party or a gathering or event that uh, we have a you know a chat group and I feel sometimes we're just waiting for a person to call a party for a meeting like that. But if no one is calling for that, eh, it's just gonna, you know, flow through. Um, so it's very tricky, complicated in a way. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What kind of people would you reach out or take the initiative? Um, like as in their personality or... Or like when you meet those people, when, when you meet different people, right? And then you're like, okay, exchange in contact info. Who would those people be that for you to want to take the initiative to catch up with them? Um, 
So like, I think after seeing them, you're saying, or after hanging out. Yeah. Um, I guess like if we, for me, if it's like, if we're, if it seems like we're talking there's not like, not that there's, not that you can't have silence, but like, there's not like an awkward silence all the time where the conversation just keeps ending. Uh Uh-huh. Like you're trying to find a topic to talk about, probably you will not reach out, but you will reach out to those people that you feel like you share a common interest with. Yes. Or like we're able to talk easily and go deep easily to and everything. Um, And talk about different things and I know that takes time but yeah that just comes naturally when we talk and we have things to talk about and it doesn't just end and we're like yeah, yeah let's do this again not really kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> it's always in the silence and then it's like we will figure it out as we go and um i was thinking one thing i forgot what was what, what that was i i was just thinking Yes. My therapist was talking about, oh, they're almost like our mentor or something like that. Um, So uh, we talk about loneliness today. And um, she reminded me with a very important thing is like, sometimes it's not about us. Right now, COVID happens and most people are social distancing. So it's not like how hard we try to make friends and then we don't succeed. It's just the environment and the, the circumstances don't allow us to do so. Yeah, I feel like COVID's a whole different thing. That's been like a challenge <laughs> to figure out and like who to reach out to and what people are comfortable with, what mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with. And then it's not like California where you can just easily hang out outside all the time yeah. since it's colder now too and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's like been a challenge and even like transitioning churches and just, you know, there's not large group young adult right now where you can like meet people. And so trying to be like, okay, I'll do this small group and then this other one to try to meet people, uh, you know, it's really small because it's hard for people to get on Zoom with working all day and everything. So like, that's been like difficult too. Um, but some of the people that I have, like there's like a couple of people where I'm like, yeah, we've been in contact and I'm like, okay, let's talk on the, can we talk on the phone or go for a walk even, um, whatever a person's comfortable with and also doing that too. But yeah, I feel like it's just like Zoom's not the same. Like I miss hanging out with people in person and everything. Um, but that's like a whole different thing and how to connect with people and like figure out like all that and like what people are comfortable with too and everything yeah, um, totally. is difficult. And, you know, we're so individualized in the United States in general. Yeah, yeah. Too. I think I was talking to a friend yesterday and then so he is in Taiwan and then in, in Taiwan everything is opened up right now so they, they have no restriction as such in here um so so he was asking how the classes are going and I'm like classes are going <laughs> but it's just mute and video button <laughs> or leave meeting button <laughs> So it's like, imagine like Sarah and you and I, we had a class before, right before COVID happens, right? And then we will be able to hang out after class in between class and then, you know, share snacks or whatever. But like right now, everything is online. So then it's just mute yourself or t- um, turn off your video or just leave when when the, the class is done. So there's no cheat chat time at all. Because it's, it's like, like, yeah, it's like <laughs> professor us us and in certain small groups but we have to talk about course related stuff 
we don't talk about life and that's it i know or it's like awkward because it's like what do you say on zoom or you're just so tired you don't want to talk to anybody or afterwards you're like i just want to talk to you i want someone to leave yeah yeah <laughs> i just want to walk around in my home <laughs> instead of sitting there and watching a video I know I can't imagine working from home right now. That's the, one of the good things of working in retail is getting out and yeah. everything. Yeah, I know. Well, working from home isn't that bad for me because it's it's I am not meeting anyone. Um, I'm just doing filing and um, data entry that kind of thing. So okay. it, it was it was very flexible for me. But for class, I miss that engagement interaction or. Um, you know, just the whole group of student, that kind of sense. Yeah. So I, yeah. I felt like um, on Zoom, everything is, how do you call it that? Frag- fragmented? Fragmented, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's good- yeah, from transition to transition and done. No wiggle room. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can't imagine doing school right now. Yeah. Online. Yeah. So before we end, is there anything else you want to add or want to share with us? I think just the last thing is I think it's just important. We need friends. Um, mm-hmm. We just can't rely on one relationship like a spouse, a significant other, a boyfriend, girlfriend cannot complete us. Mm-hmm. We need other friendships and it's important to maintain those. I know it's a different topic, but other time with men to maintain friendships in different seasons, yeah. but to continue pursuing that and having those close friends too um, and everything is just really important. And we need to be in community even during this time. Yeah. Yeah. And today I had a conclusion with my therapist is like all right I just figured it out no one can feel that void in my heart I should probably go to God <laughs> there you go yes only God can God yeah. can first <laughs> it's like yeah I have so many friends back home but like the time difference and world difference married yes. not married single not single school not school so <laughs> Yeah, we're open for conversations. So listeners, if you have comments, questions, or, you know, suggestions for us to make better friends across different states or countries, let us know. Um, And also rate us or comment us on Apple Podcast. We are also available on Facebook and Instagram. Um, So Sarah, if uh, the listeners want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Yeah, um, so on my email, which I'm guessing could be written down too. Um, I mean, I use Facebook, but email would be best to contact me. So um, I am Sarah, S-A-R-A, all lowercase, dot N, as in Nicole, my middle name, dot divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, at gmail.com. Yay. So her email will be in the episode notes. If you are interested to reach out, feel free to check it that. Um, check. I'm, I'm not speaking English. <laughs> feel free to check that out. Cool. All right. Thank you so much for coming to the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me, Payne. Have a great night. You too. Thanks for listening to Try With Ping. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me a chai with small gifts. Details are in the episode notes. Till next time!